Today on Tacos Tuesday, we answer all of your PPC questions live and discuss some underrated and rarely discussed optimization strategies that have the potential to completely transform your click-through and conversion rates. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. You want to see the size of your niche or your market, maybe how much sales overall is it generating, and more importantly, how the size of your piece of that pie changes over time. Or maybe you want to know when there's a new mover or shaker, an up-and-comer in your niche that you need to be on the lookout for. You can monitor these things and more with Market Tracker by Helium 10. Find out more information at h10.me forward slash market tracker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Series Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Shivali Patel, and this is the show that is our monthly Tacos Tuesday special, where we talk to you about anything and everything Amazon PPC related. Today, our guest is Chris Rawlings, who is a multi-million dollar Amazon seller and the host of Profitable PPC Challenge. He's also the CEO of Sophie Society, which has become recognized as one of the most in-demand PPC and conversion optimization agencies there is. They regularly work with six, seven, eight, and even nine-figure businesses. Today, Chris is here to answer your questions. Let's go ahead and get Chris up here. All right. Hi, Chris. How are you? What's up? I'm good. I'm ready to go. Let's answer some questions. I love that energy. And PPC is such an exciting component of your brand, your business, building out your business, even re-optimizing later on. Yes. It can be a little bit nerve-wracking. There's so many different com- components. And if you don't know what you're doing, man, man, oh man, that can really affect the bottom line of your business. So where are you now? I'm in Cyprus. I'm in Cyprus with my team. And we're actually doing like a PPC deep dive workshop here. So we're going super deep on PPC every single day. Today, we had a bunch of sponsored brand defense campaigns up and we were talking about, you know, sponsor display retargeting and uh, we had all kinds of wizardly, wizardly uh, things going on here at our PPC workshop in Cyprus. Well, that's incredible. I'm excited for everyone that's tuning in and listening in on this episode to tap into some of your knowledge and expertise that uh, I know those of you, those of the people that are there in Cyprus right now are enjoying. But let's just kind of backtrack into the beginning stages of an Amazon seller's journey. Maybe let's talk about what really goes on or how should somebody be approaching their ad campaigns or their advertising aspect of their business once they're just getting started as an Amazon seller. So when you're just starting, the key is to not make it too complicated. That's the key. A brand new brand just starting on Amazon can't be running every ad type, every possible ad configuration, every targeting, and you wouldn't want to anyway. You're going to blow your budget and you're going to hear a lot of fancy things, different types of campaigns you can run and different types of features in in PPC. And most of it, you can just ignore. When you're just getting started, the most important thing during like a new brand, new product launch is using PPC as a tool for ranking. So a lot of your ad budget is going to go to campaigns that are specifically purposed for getting you ranking. And mostly that comes down to single keyword exact match sponsored products campaigns. So inside sponsored products, which is one of the three main types of advertising available to most sellers, you can target one single keyword in the campaign. 
And exact match means that it's Amazon is only going to target people who search that exact term. And that drives ranking very powerfully. The next most powerful ranking driver is ASIN targeting, meaning you're putting your ad on another ASIN on their listing rather than in search results. And you want to target the ASINs that are already ranking for the keywords you're trying to rank for. And advertising on those ASINs gets you to rank better for the keywords that they rank for. So it's like a rising tides, raises all ships type of deal for that. You're going to want to drive a lot of your ad budget to just those types of advertising. And really, if you want to keep it super simple, you could just do just that. And that makes it so much easier for someone just getting started, but they don't have to learn like the entire complex, sophisticated suite. Now, I will say like as the launch progresses and as the brand matures, you'll get left behind if you don't start to learn more and more sophisticated ad strategies, which some of which I'm sure we'll go into during this hour. But in the beginning, keep it simple, focus on ranking and sales velocity, get to your review milestones as quickly as possible. The first five reviews, there's a big increase in click-through rate and conversion rate. Then there's another big increase, another plateau after 21 reviews. And then once you get into the hundreds, that's the next big jump. The thousands is the next big jump after that. So hit those milestones as quickly as you can. So when you talk about a plateau, could you go a little bit in depth with what you mean with that? Like the the ranking itself or just in terms of reviews? Yeah, so a review strategy is one of the the factors that affect PPC that's not taken into consideration when looking at PPC metrics because it's one of the few things that affects both your click-through rate for certain keywords and your conversion rate once they're on the listing. So the two numbers that affect PPC that are not PPC metrics the most, because we all know ACOS, average cost of sale. I spent $10 in advertising and I made $100 in revenue. I had a 10% ACOS, right? Um, and tacos, which is what this whole session is named after, total average cost of sale, which is I spent $10 total in advertising and I got $1,000 in, um, in sales. So my tacos is 1%. Because it's in that's my all my total sales, not just my advertising sales. But there are other metrics that are super important that affect PPC that are not PPC metrics, and click-through rate and conversion rate are the most important ones. So everything that you do to increase your click-through rate for your most relevant keywords, and everything that you do to increase your conversion rate, more people that land on your listing end up buying, make your PPC more effective and make your tacos and ACOS healthier and lower. And reviews is one of the few things that affects both click-through rate and conversion rate. So you get a double hit. So getting more reviews, number of reviews, that's one thing. And then getting better star rating, in the better average star rating in your reviews is the other main metric when it comes to reviews. So putting in place systems that increase your number of reviews at a faster rate, we call that review velocity. How many reviews do I get per 100 sales? So if I get one review for every 100 sales, that's a 1% review velocity. A healthy review velocity is 4, 4%. So that means every 100 sales that I make, I get four reviews. That means you're doing great if you have a review velocity of four. Um, I know sellers that have a review velocity up to 8%, where every 100 sales they get, they get eight reviews. And I wouldn't really 
try to go past 10. I honestly wouldn't really try to go past five because at a certain point you start to send red flags to Amazon that you might be doing something tricky. But the main things you can do to affect that are having a Amazon terms of service compliant um, product insert or packaging um, feature that gets people on, into your ecosystem in order for them to get the warranty or something else that helps them with their product, like how to guide and then get them on your email list. And then later on down the line without offering them anything in return or asking them to leave a good review, just invite them to leave a review. That's one of the primary things you can do to up it, but also helium tens tool that, that, uh, allows people to automate the request review within Amazon is also a great way to do it. There are lots of ways to do it, but, um, those milestones that I mentioned, are where the, the, you see like the steepest drops in the steepest uh, increases either in conversion rate or click through rate or both. So the first five you get, it's like big difference between when you're between one and four and when you're after five. And then the first 21, you get again, a big difference when you're before 21 or after 21. Um, and then once you're in the hundreds, big difference again. So putting in place the systems to make sure you get to those milestones quicker is, is is good. So let's say somebody has gone through those steps and has really optimized those underlying factors you're talking about, which is really interesting because you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. I feel like it's it's kind of known, but no one's actively thinking about it, thinking, okay, well, like, what should I do to optimize these underlying factors? But let's say somebody has gone through those things. Well, then when do you really start to begin adjusting or thinking about things like, well, this keyword might not, I, I should change out this keyword for my ad groups or um, even just considering that the click-through rate or conversion rate isn't what you want it to be, or you want to change something out in your actual ad set. Yeah. So the, the main way to know whether you're doing good or bad when it comes to these outside factors that affect PPC, like th your click-through rate and your conversion, is by benchmarking them. So for conversion rate, for example, you can use the Product Opportunity Explorer tool, which is inside Seller Central, to benchmark the search term conversion rate um, of the entire space for that search term. So now you know for uh, those sellers that are ranking for that keyword what they convert at. And each space is, is radically different. If I looked at the search term conversion rate of like vitamin D supplements, it's going to be totally different than the search term conversion rate of commercial hand blenders. Because one is something that people buy all the time, you know, over and over again, and it costs less than $20. The other thing is a $300 item that people tend to shop around and, and do a lot of research for, right? So first you have to benchmark it by getting that data. And now you know, okay, is my product above or below that benchmark in terms of my conversion rate? Now I know some idea of if my conversion rate is good or bad. If it's bad, then every dollar you put into PPC is not totally wasted, but in a sense wasted because you haven't fixed underlying issues that are going to keep your PPC from allowing your product to perform well. So once you've benchmarked it and you know whether it's good or bad, if it's bad, fix the underlying problems to make it good. If it's good, then you do want to shift your attention to proper PPC management and you're in a good place to perform well with PPC as long as you have everything dialed in some of which we're going we're gonna to touch on today. When it comes to click-through rate, um, you, normally you're, you, so 
a big part of the benchmarking of this is benchmarking it against yourself. You do have the search query report inside Brand Analytics that allows you to see the whole funnel for your product and for the space, um, which helps you benchmark your, your click-through rate. Um, and then you also get your own click-through rate inside your advertising metrics inside the Amazon Ads dashboard and in your search term reports. So now you know your click some idea of if your click-through rate is healthy. And it's the exact same thing with your click-through rate as it is with your conversion rate. So once you've determined that your click-through rate is at least above is above average and your conversion rate is above average, now you know that you're ready for PPC. But most people or a lot of sellers are not always going to be in that scenario or they'll dip in and out of those scenarios as time goes on. And that's why it's those two metrics are so important to measure over time because once you dip below the benchmark for your space or for that keyword for that product, now you know you have an issue to solve. And there are a lot of ways to solve those two issues. And we can we can get into them now or later or, or whatever, but each of those has, has di- a diagnostic checklist that you can go through to, if I have a click-through rate problem, there's so many things I can try to solve it. And if I have a conversion rate problem, again, there's so many things that I can, I can try to solve that problem. So you really have limitless options available to you to solve those things. I think now's a great time to get into it. Let's we're already on the topic and I'm sure yeah, those yeah. those people that are listening in would love to know. So yeah, what what are those? What's that checklist? So click through rate and conversion rate, the two most important things that have to be healthy in order for your PPC to perform well. Let's start with click through rate. Let's open up the box of click through rate. What's inside click through rate? What is click through rate? What affects it? Well, everything that the customer sees on your listing thumbnail is affecting whether or not they click through. So just talking about the listing thumbnail for a second, because there's also the topic of the actual keyword relevance itself, but just to talk about the listing thumbnail, what elements, what makes a listing thumbnail? Let's let's talk through it. So the primary image, first of all, again, getting everyone on the same page, listing thumbnail is what you see when you search Amazon and those are the search results. Each one of those things is a listing thumbnail. You're not on the listing yet, you just have a little preview of it, right? And what do you have? You have a primary image, which is the first image you upload on the listing. That's one of that's the only visual piece of content that shows on both the thumbnail and the listing is the primary image. And that's arguably the most powerful factor for influencing the click-through rate. That's its own science in and of itself. So there's primary image. What else is there? There's the title of the product. So the title is like the main text that you see in the thumbnail. Then there's the number of reviews, which we talked about before. So now we have three factors affecting click-through rate. Then there's the review rating. Is it 3.5? Is it 4.5? Is it 4.8? And there's not just the, the, the number 4.8, 4.7, but the icons of the yellow stars, which is more important even than the review rating number. Is it showing as four and a half yellow stars? Or is it showing as four stars? Those are really the main the main two options. Most products are going to fit in one of those two categories. Um, so we have that. Uh, then we have the badges. Do I have a bestseller badge? Do I have an Amazon's Choice badge? Do I have some of the more exotic badges like Climate Pledge Friendly or Small Business Badge? Um, those that's the fifth factor there. Then we have the price. The price of the product influences whether or not someone clicks on it. Then there's the potential to have a strike-through price, which is independent of the price itself. Having a strike-through price can affect whether or not someone clicks on it. 
Then there's the size of the thumbnail itself. So not many people know this, but you can influence the size of your thumbnail. And if it's bigger, it's more likely to be clicked because of the um, random walk hypothesis. This is a hypothesis inside chaos theory and math. I majored in physics. I don't think I, I, I've mentioned that to you ever, but I'm a math guy. So I think of things mathematically, statistically mm-hmm. as much as possible. And when a shopper who's, who's scrolling through search results, you know what we do on the phone. We flick. The motion, the word of, for what our thumb does is flick. We flick and it zooms through things and then we stop. We stop with our thumb and then we flick back up and then we stop. And it's, 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 a, random, you know, it's a random motion. The bigger your, your listing thumbnail, the more likely someone is to land on it randomly when they're flicking through search results. So that impacts it as well. So now we're at, I, I've actually lost count. I don't know if we're at eight. Um, all those things affect click-through rate. And each one of them is its own full science. So I could go so deep on testing different things on my primary image. I can go super deep on getting super highly relevant keywords by pulling data from my search terms to make sure that my title is highly relevant and getting me more clicks. I can go really deep on getting every type of badge. I can go really deep on maximizing the size of my thumbnail. There's so many things that I can I can do. So you could see how it's like, yeah, there's you always have limitless options to improve when you have issues with these, these underlying factors. And then conversion rate. So conversion rate, we have some things that are overlapping, like the review rating, the review number. Those two things also affect conversion as well as the click-through rate. But then there are things that are completely independent that don't affect the click-through rate at all that are very important for, for conversion, like the secondary image set. Everything after the primary image is the secondary images. Do I have a benefits graphic, a features graphic? Do I have lifestyle shots? Do I have in-use shots? Do I have florist shots? Do I have a competitor comparison shot? Um, if you're missing any of these things, that might be affecting your, your conversion rate and making you below average for the space. Um, then you have the copy of the listing, the bullet points. The title itself as well affects it somewhat the, the conversion, although it's not the, the biggest thing. Then you have the video on the listing. So this is also not the top of the list, um, but it does affect the conversion. But the most powerful things that affect conversion are the visual content on the listing, which is the secondary images, the A-plus content, and the brand story content, the brand story section. And these are, again, things that each one is their own science. And you can look up on YouTube how to create the best version of it. There are lots of videos on it. I have some videos on it. Um, the Q&A section, and then the top voted reviews. So this is a part that you can't see in the click-through rate. So it doesn't affect the click-through rate at all because it's not in the the thumbnail. But the top voted reviews are actually arguably more important than any of the content because most Amazon shoppers, their shopping, shopping behavior is actually to click onto the listing and they skip all of the content almost immediately, go right to the reviews, read the top voted ones, and then if they're satisfied, they'll read the rest of the listing and all of the content that you put out as the brand. And if they're not, they'll click back and look at some other things. It's uh, so, almost like well. you've been looking over my shoulder the whole time I'm shopping because that is exactly what I do. <laughs> it's what I do too. I do the same thing. I'm just like, I don't care about any of these listing description images. Yeah, I don't care what like you have to say about your product. I want to hear what people had to say. <laughs> people have to say about the product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of click-through 
rate and conversion rate. This is, I think, specific to search query performance and product opportunity explorer. So is there anything you want to add? Um, yeah. So what is the best way to CTR and CBR on search query performance and product opportunity explorer? Yeah. So go to product opportunity explorer, navigate to product opportunity explorer inside seller central, put in a, go to search term, then put in a search term. And then you'll see right in the product opportunity explorer, the search conversion rate, they call it the search conversion rate, which is the average conversion rate for listings that are ranking for that search term. And that's your benchmark right there. For the click-through rate, you don't get the raw click-through rate in the search query performance report. You get like your your uh, click share in the search query performance report. So you basically get to benchmark. You don't see it itself, the actual click-through rate, but you can see if it's high or low. And if you're getting more clicks, you, you see relative to the funnel, if you're getting more or less clicks than your competitors, that are ranking for that term um, relative to the other stages of the funnel. Like if I'm getting lots of conversions, but not more conversions than I should based on the, the space, but less clicks than I should, then I know, oh, that's the part of the funnel that I need to work on is the click part of the funnel. So that's what the search query performance, search query report helps you with. But the another great way to benchmark CTR is just your actual advertising data you see how you're doing and how it changes over time with your, your search term reports and right inside the advertising manager as well. Awesome. I see we have some more questions here. So let's jump into those here. We have Victor who says, had a few bad reviews, some trouble with the product, but I fixed it 4.4 stars. Do you think I should relaunch 46 total ratings? People still buy the product, but I can see that my conversion rate has dropped. So what would you recommend here? Yeah. So let's see, 46 total ratings, still pretty early on in the product's life. Um, I know that feels like a lot when you're in the launching phase because you're like, yeah, I had to beg, borrow and steal to like get there. But um, 4.4 stars is not bad. You still have the four and a half star image um, in the gold stars. So you're still showing as four and a half gold stars. Um, your conversion rate so you're saying your conversion rate dropped because you had a few bad reviews. So this isn't bad enough for you to relaunch. 4.4 stars and a couple bad reviews, 46 ratings. I mean, there have been way worse scenarios that have come back from this and without having to relaunch and, and start fresh. That is an option if you wanted to try it, but you it's you have to risk that you're going to have to deal with, you know, Relabeling all the inventory and starting from scratch and doing a brand new, uh, brand new ACE and getting starting from zero reviews and all that stuff. So, um, it is possible for you to come back from this. And basically, what you want to make sure of is that those negative reviews aren't showing as top voted. That's key. The main thing is the top voted reviews because those are the ones that everyone is looking at. So the way to get them off of top voted, since you say your conversion rate dropped, I'm assuming that these negative reviews are showing as top voted because otherwise it wouldn't affect your conversion rate that much with a 4.4 star rating because that's that's not bad. That's, that's pretty good. So the way to do it is get more reviews. And the way to get more reviews is to get more sales and have review systems in place. So some of the main ones are automating the request request a review button, which you could do with Helium 10 in a smart way that doesn't request it from 
folks who ask for a refund or, or a return, for instance, which it's great. Um, also having a product insert in place that has a follow-up sequence. So the product insert has like a, a URL or a, a QR code that the customer scans, it brings them to a landing page where they put in their information, they get put on a list. And then later on down the line, the, you invite them to ask for, to leave a review. Um, so that, and then also there are things that you can do that are kind of like review triggers that you can pull at any time. So if you have um, a negative review, there are things that you can do to quickly bury it. And one of those things is keeping a sort of bank of customers who accidentally left seller feedback as a review, which happens to every seller. This is very common because shoppers just still to this day don't really get the difference between seller feedback and a review. So I'd say it's anywhere between one in five and one in three seller feedbacks is actually a product review, whether it's negative or positive. And so this is kind of a bank that you can, you can like, it's like a, a, like a water tower that you can like drain at any time, like pull water from at any time, because you can ask these people who left this feedback, you can let them know they left feedback as a review. They left a review as feedback mistakenly and to ask them to please leave a review. And some portion of them will, especially if they were actually really delighted by the product. So that's a good way to quickly, quickly bury bad reviews that are coming in that are affecting your conversion rate. So yeah, long story short, I would say if it were me, I probably wouldn't relaunch, although you know the situation better than me and it is an option for you. Um, you still can come back from it. It's ensure that the negative reviews are not showing up as top voted. And if they are, do everything you can to fix that. And then push for ranking with your PPC hard for highly relevant search terms. Wonderful. All right. What about this question right here, which is, do you do bid adjustment modifier percentages on top of search and or product pages? Yeah, that's a, another awesome question. I guess I have to get close for it because it's an awesome question. So yeah, the, the bid adjustment modifiers are super useful um, for all different reasons. So you can go up to 900% on your, your bid adjustment modifiers, meaning you're giving Amazon a huge amount of leeway to adjust the bids the way that you want them to be. So every sponsored product campaign can show either in search results or on product detail pages. It's kind of annoying because if you're targeting search terms, you think, well, I'll only show up in search. Well, it's not the case. Amazon can show your ad either place, whether you're targeting keywords or ASINs. So if you really want to show up only on product detail pages or only in search, you can up the bid adjustment modifier that Bradley is, uh, is mentioning, is referencing here to make it more likely that you show up where you want to show up. So here's an example of that is if I know that I need to drive search placements, top of search placements for a particular keyword that I want to rank for and say, I sell, um, kids, omega three gummies. And I know that the highest relevant search term for me, because I really focused on my particular customer demographic is, um, non-choking kids, chewable omega-3 gummies because all of my branding is about how no 
no kid can choke on it because it's circular and it has a hole in it or something like that. I'm literally just making all this up. This isn't this isn't a real scenario. But if I know that that's my my a super high relevant search term for me, and I really want to rank for it, I'm going to want to get a lot of top of search clicks for it because that drives ranking the most powerfully. So when I create that a campaign, a, an exact match campaign for non-choking kids chewable omega-3 gummies, I'm going to put a bid adjustment modifier on top of search to make sure that most of my placements are top of search and I'm not showing up so much on random product detail pages because I know that that's what's going to drive my ranking and I want to show up there. And I also want to segment my campaign so it's easier for me to tell uh, which campaigns are doing well and which ones aren't for my ranking. So I'll go... You could go super high on that. You could start with 100%. You could go up to two, three, four, five, 600%, all the way up to 900%. And it doesn't necessarily mean that Amazon is still, even if you go 900%, it doesn't necessarily mean that Amazon is still gonna, gonna show your, gonna only show your ad there. It still can show in the other placement like product pages, but it makes it more likely and it makes it allows you to control those ads more. And then the same way it goes the other way for product pages. If I know that I want to, like we were talking about earlier before, target products that are already ranking for the keywords I'm trying to rank for, and I have my list already, and I want to just show up on those product pages, I will uh, adjust the, the product pages up to make it more likely that I show up only on those pages and not as much in search. Oh, and then there's one other related factor to this, and that is there's a type of campaign that's super lean. This is another, if, if people are trying to take actionable stuff out of this and that brand story thing was one that anybody wrote down or, or thought, hey, I could do this. Um, here's another one coming at you right now. This is a type of campaign that we we discovered, and it's not complicated, I'm sure, that other brands and, and agencies have discovered it themselves, but we put a name to it and we called it a step campaign, a self-targeted product placement campaign. This is a type of campaign we apply it to every brand. Every brand should be running this type of campaign. It produces a low volume of sales, but they're highly profitable. And they, they well, they tend to be highly profitable, not always, but they tend to be high margin, high profitable uh, campaigns. And we have some of these that have been running for um, mo- definitely months, quarters, at least over a year. Um, and they'll produce week after week, 8% a cost sales. We have one that's producing con- consistent average 5.1% a cost sales, but a lot of times it'll be 13% a cost, 12% a cost. You can get really healthy a costs with these campaigns and what it is is you target it's ASIN targeting inside sponsored products and you target the same product that you're advertising. So usually you're targeting either other competitors products or your other products, right? So that'd be sponsored product offense campaigns, ASIN targeting offense campaigns, or ASIN targeting defense campaigns. Either I'm trying to get on a competitor's listing or I'm defending my own listing. Well, this is even further in than that. Um, it's like Inception. I'm advertising my listing on my own listing. So it's like, is that possible? Is that a dream within a dream within a dream? Like, um, And Amazon actually won't do it. So they won't show your ad for your listing on that same listing because it's pointless. Like what would happen? Nothing would happen if someone clicked it, they're already on the listing. Like it's not, all it could do is reload the page. So what it does do though, is it then 
takes anybody who's landed on the listing and then not purchased and gone back to search results. And it's like instant retargeting. So it immediately starts showing the ad to them in search and also probably on product detail pages. I'm not sure, but in search, once they visited your listing. So everyone knows retargeting within sponsored display that you can do, but this is a type of effective retargeting that you can actually do within sponsored products. So that's a, that's another application. That's incredible. I, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool hack. Yeah, because you think a lot about retargeting and you have that when you're driving external traffic, but I've always wondered on Amazon. So I, I had no idea. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing. Now, one last question. How can people contact you if they're interested in asking you more questions or working with you? I know you also have the PPC challenge that's coming up, but how can people contact you? Yeah, if people, like you said, if people want more actual one-on-one time with me, joining the PPC challenge that we're hosting at the end of next month is the best way to do that. You'll actually see me live every day. It is a commitment. You have to show up every day. Um, In order to join, you have to have the ability to do that or at least watch the replay daily. But it's the most well-attended Amazon PPC-focused event for sellers, um, by sellers. And that is a five-day event happening at the end of next month. I'd love to see you guys there live. So if you want to contact me live, that's that's the way. Um, if you want to contact me asynchronously, I'm hello at sophiesociety.com or my Instagram handle is hippiemogul and you can hit me up there and I do check my DMs. Well, I'm excited for everyone listening in to hopefully implement all the things you learned today. And hopefully you did learn a lot. I know I did. I look forward to seeing you again, Chris. And best of luck as you go ahead and start this BPC challenge. I'm looking forward to hearing about it next time. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm excited as well. And this was great to do, Shiv. It was really, really fun. And I hope we, I hope we do it again. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Okay. Take care.